Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Everybody and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. Now, here's what we do on this show. If you've never listened before, we're going to take into the annals of medical history and find some of the weird, wild, goofy, scary, terrible, no good, very bad, but sometimes funny ways that we have tried to heal people over the years. That's right, Justin. Thanks for that intro it's to our few, intro. It's been a few hundred episodes since I have... Mentioned what the show is, so I thought mm-hmm. I'd just pop one off in case it's your first time listening. And hey, maybe this is one you share with people. Say, hey, they talk about what the show is in this at the beginning of this one, so you're not going to be lost. Like, what is the show? I think this is a good representation of Sawbones because uh, – so we talk about, like, stuff that happened in the past that we had wrong. Um, and then sometimes we talk about stuff that we're still doing now that is wrong. Sydney, and this, are you? This are one you? is, like – are this you? one spans time. Are you telling me this is a cure from the future? No, <laughs> no this one this one is from the Hold past. Hold the Why are we wasting this on a podcast? Persists today. Now, I don't know. I mean, there's always the possibility that we're talking about something that hasn't ever seemed to work, and then we're going to find out in 100 years does work. We just were doing it wrong or, like, some wrong part. I don't know. You know how, like, on in the movie Medicine Man with Sean Connery, it wasn't in the plant. It was in the ants that were on the plant. Yeah, I remember that scene from the movie Medicine Man I watched. You don't sure. remember that? For sure. No, it I remember. It was because the ants were in the sugar, every, and then he figured every, out it was the ant. But they kept thinking it was a, it was a plant. Like, uh, no, but the plant wasn't working. It wasn't working. But why did it work that one time? What are we missing? The cure was in the ants. No, Sydney. Every every frame is a painting of Medicine Man. It's all etched into my memory. I, I remember all of it. It's in the ants, of course. Medicine That's Man. That's why I have this. It's in the ants tattoo. Medicine, remember this one right here? <laughs> Medicine Man was a ants. very influential movie on young Sydney. Mm. That was an important movie for young Sydney to be like, there are cures out there, and I want to find them and cure disease. From the ants. And there, it might be in the ants. What is this? A cure for ants? <laughs> Okay, we're not talking about the. In this case, we're not talking about the ants. In this case, we are talking about a belief that the cure was in the plants. Um, thank you, Jessica, for bringing to my attention box flower remedies. Have you heard of box flower remedies? No, I have not. Bach is in like Bach, the composer. Bach, but not that guy. Just spelled the same. Got it. Don't get confused. <laughs> Got it. This is a different Bach. I don't know if this Bach composed any music, but he may, I think he may maybe played piano. Okay. 
Bach. Not that Bach. Bach. Another one. This and is not the one from Bachman Turner Overdrive, because that would be and not Tal Bachman. But those names are so high above me. But those names are Bachman. This name is Bach. It's, These are different the names. The names evolve over the centuries, Sydney. I'm surprised you didn't know that. Sometimes they add a mon. So Bach becomes Bachman. That kind of deal. Okay. I didn't know that. I made it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I just want to be smart is... like you. You know so many things. I don't have a computer to read off of, so I just have to say whatever garbage comes into my mind. Dr. Edward Bach is who we're talking about. He was born in uh, mostly near Birmingham, England in 1886. He studied at the University College Hospital in London, and he got a degree in public health from Cambridge. So impressive sounding gentleman. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, you always lure me in with these fancy sounding people. And well, then they get buck wild. I like so some people, and we talk about all kinds of different like figures in medicine and and sort of medicine and almost medicine on our show. Some of them start from a very non traditional kind of route. Like from an early age, they knew that real like traditional medicine was wrong, and they had to find a better way. Right. And then some people sort of like start on a path that sounds like pretty basic, and then just go like they, then they zag. His initial foray into medicine was really traditional. He worked as a house surgeon. He was a consultant. He was a uh, bacteriologist. So very much just doing the same sorts of things that would have been very commonplace for physicians to do in the early 1900s, uh, practicing the same kind of medicine. He worked for 20 years as a—I kept finding this in his bios—a Harley Street doctor, and I was like— Obviously, this is a reference that I don't understand because what what, a Harley Street doctor, what does that mean? Um, he was a doctor and he worked on a street called Harley Street. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that'll <laughs> in do London. It. I this is a this is apparently this street, Harley Street, is famous for the number of like healthcare professionals, doctors and, and such that work on this street. And this was true back then. And even to this day, there are like I, I saw a figure that like three thousand people collectively working in healthcare on this one street. Yeah, I'm looking at a London. map. It's just like dotted with a bunch of different um the Harley Street Clinic and the Harley Health Village and all kinds of different University yes. College Hospital. That is a really what look at this, Sid. Like collection of if you just look up Harley Street on Google Maps, look at this like hospital, 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 hospital. That's wild. It is. And that and this is a long time standing. Mm-hmm. It has been this way for a very long time. I like the idea of like sort of just collecting all the like here here's all the health care. It's on this street. Although it's not very effective, actually. This is really, you need to put the out where people are. You need to bring the medicine to the people instead of making the people come to the medicine. Got it. Okay, but, yes. But anyway, the point is, like, if you want to, if you're going to get sick, if you want to get sick, <laughs> nobody wants to get sick. If you're going to get sick, if you get sick, if sick happens, you should probably go to Harley Street, it sounds like. Mm. There should be someone there. This is in the area, so it's called Marlbone. Marlbone? Marylbone, yeah, but that's it's the same area where um, two twenty one Baker Street is in the oh, okay. Charles Museum and Mam Tussauds, and a lot of hospitals. And 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 again, if I you're sick, maps. this seems like a good place to go. Okay. Um, after a while, Bach was becoming disillusioned with medicine. Can't uh, we can all understand that oh, if boy. we if we work in medicine, he just felt like the stuff I'm doing isn't making that big of a difference. Um, And in the early 1900s, you can kind of sympathize. Like, we're talking pre-antibiotic era. That's a rough time where, like, we're so close to getting a lot of stuff, and we just aren't quite there yet. It was, I imagine that was a really rough time. If you consider the, the time period between the germ theory of disease, when we really started to understand and accept 
that there were microorganisms that you would contract that could kill you or make you very sick. And then, like, the realization that there was probably a way to kill those microorganisms without killing the human host. And then figuring that out and making the antibiotics, like, that time period must have been so difficult, right? Because, like, it's right there. It's like, you know it's it. It's right it's, there. You can see them. You can see them in there. What do you do well, you about can't, them? You can't see them, actually. With a microscope. Well, okay, yeah. That way you can see them. Um, he also had he had a, a brush How with death. How dumb do you think I am? Like, I know we have a lot <laughs> of fun here. You know that I know you can't see germs without a microscope, right? Like, you're not doing this show with an especially well-trained seal. Like, I am a thinking person in the world. I, I know you are, honey. Robert Cork. Ring any bells? Coke. <laughs> Are you talking about like Coke of Coke's postulates? <laughs> guy, the guy that came up with microscope and he sold cells. Oh. Who invented cells? Leeuwenhoek? Well, he didn't invent cells. Who invented honey. Certainly cells? he didn't invent cells. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a theological or philosophical question. He didn't invent cells. Robert Hook found <laughs> cells. That's who I'm thinking of. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway, nobody. Somebody looked at a cork. Is that what you're thinking of? That he yeah, looked at a cork yeah, yeah. under he a microscope. Looked a cork he and looked at a cork. He cells. No, okay, he did not invent <laughs> cells. <laughs> okay, back to box. So he had his own brush with death, and this was a big turning point for him and sort of his relationship with with practicing medicine. He had this very sudden hemorrhage, and he almost bled to death. His colleagues Oof. were able to, you know, save him. Um, and they removed this large tumor and then told him, like, at the time, you probably aren't going to live very long. We don't really understand any of this yet, um, but you're probably not going to live very long, right? You had a big tumor. Mm -hmm. We cut it out, but things don't look good. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, from all this, he thought, well, there, there must be more to medicine than our understanding because we're not doing all the good we could do. And so he continued with his work and his research, and he started to get better. Despite the fact that he was told, you probably won't. Um, and he began to uh, like think that his recovery was probably, since the doctors had kind of told him, eh, too bad, his recovery was probably more related to something else. And the thing that he connected it to was his own sort of like positive mental attitude. PMA. Like his emotional state fixed the physical problem. I believe in this. Like literally fixed, mm -hmm. in this case, a cancer is what that he may believed. be. That may be a bit much, but we know there's a link between mental state and the physiology. Okay, I am not saying there isn't a link, but I, I, I think we can both agree that having a good, like, optimistic attitude does not cure cancer. Does it? Doesn't not cure cancer, honey. It doesn't cure cancer. Okay. This is an important thing to say out loud. All right. I'll reinforce that. Is it important that. to have a positive mental attitude or be optimistic? Sure. Of course. Does it cure cancer? The research is no. out. No. No. Uh, no. 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 <laughs> um, but. And this is where he began to explore this idea of mind-body connection and how could it, he use it better. Use it in the craft. Use it on the stage use it in his work. Uh, he began working at the Royal London Homeopathic Hospital at this point, obviously in his exploration for alternative uh, healing methods. Uh, he thought maybe there was something more uh, to a more holistic approach, looking at the people, you treat the person, you win every, you treat the disease, 
when you, you know, that whole thing, the Patch Adams idea. Anyway, and he had been doing some research into vaccines at the time, actually. This is what he had, he had sort of started with. And he started using some of the principles of homeopathy to refine his vaccine work. Oh, now homeopathy is not real. Right. And that's so again, way, like that's he's, one way of talking he's about so, it. it. He's so close. He's working on vaccines. Yay. Yeah, homeopathic oh, vaccines. No. Uh, so we discussed the basic idea of homeopathy before. We've done a whole episode on it. We've talked just about it a lot. Just go listen to it. It's nothing. It's it, less than nothing. It's the it's some basic principles just to, because this this informs what he does, by the way. Like cures like. So you. you Call fire cures your brain. Either like that, something that looks like it out in nature will fix like a walnut cures a headache because it looks like a brain. That kind of idea. Mm -hmm. Um, Or uh, the idea that like if something can make you sick, if you give somebody tiny, tiny, tiny amounts of that or even not the actual thing, but like the energy of the substance in very small amounts, Mm -hmm. then it will counteract the thing. So the thing that makes you sick is the thing that can make you better just given in a different dosage, right? Um, And uh, and again, these are all like minuscule amounts of things, dilutions of dilutions of dilutions that you give people. um, And it's the energy of it that you're really transferring to the person is the concept. Like, you know, you're not really giving the person the substance because by the time you've diluted it that much, it's not really there. It's the energy of it. As this idea applies to vaccines, because the, and we've talked about this a little bit on the show before, the idea of like a homeopathic vaccine is a, again, these don't do anything. They're not, they don't work, but this is a thing that exists and they're called nosodes. So basically, instead of taking some sort of uh, inert or harmless substance and diluting it down and then ingesting it, which is a lot of, that's a lot of homeopathy. Take an herb that maybe wouldn't hurt you anyway, and then dilute it till there's nothing there, and drink some water. Basically, um, you could take uh, some sort of infectious or toxic material that causes disease, dilute that down, and then ingest that. Okay. Um, and so this could be like a nosode could be an infected piece of tissue, Ugh. some sputum, some Ugh. fecal material, blood, and you drink it. Yeah. Well, but I mean, remember, you're going to dilute it to a point. But you'll know, won't you? Right. I and mean, you'll know that there's a little microgram of doogie in there. And he and he developed seven bacterial nosodes this way. So he's still working in the field of bacteriology. He's actually working with germs. But again, he's and you can see where like it sounds sort of similar to a vaccine. Like yes. in a vaccine where you're taking an inactivated virus or piece of a bacteria or protein or something to elicit an immune response in the body, so mm-hmm. that when you actually encounter the infection out in the world your body is primed and ready to fight it off. You can see where like, well, we're doing the same thing. We're just giving you a tiny, 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 tiny dilution of the energy of the bacteria that we got from some poop. <laughs> that you're drinking. That Sorry. you're drinking. Um, or putting some drops under your tongue or whatever. And you're probably putting it, like a lot of these would also be put in alcohol. So like there's some alcohol there too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can see where like, it, it's so close, and at the time, our understanding of vaccines was still so new. You could see we're like, well, this seems to make sense to me, and it seems a lot safer mm. because it doesn't do anything. <laughs> right. It is very safe in that regard. Um, so the, so he created these no-sodes. And again, since your goal – you're not trying to elicit an immune response with this. This isn't the same thing. because what are you trying to do? Gives, transfer the energy of this to someone. I mean, it's uh, this is really about things that are outside the bounds of – science okay 
It's about the energy Got it. that you're transferring. Got it. Okay? Yeah. To restore a balance uh-huh. that will allow you to fight off the infection when it happens. With the energy. With the Yes. Because your body is at balance. Homeopathy isn't really related to the disease process as much. Like in homeopathy, the idea isn't like um, you have diabetes and you have diabetes. Here are medicines that I use to cure diabetes for both of you. It's more like... Okay, yes, you have diabetes, but in you, it is a result of this imbalance and this energy problem and this personality and disposition and all this. So here is your bespoke tincture. While for you, patient B, it's a mixture of this, this, and this. So here's your bespoke tincture. People you know, love the idea of customization and personalization, but it's not always a great fit with medicine. And well, but it's hard because like there's a there's an aspect of this, and I think this is why people are drawn to it. There's an aspect of this. This is true, which is a treatment plan, like an overall plan for, especially like let's talk about chronic disease management. It should be personalized. Your approach to something like diabetes which can require lifestyle modifications like watching your carbohydrate intake and seeing how much you eat so that you know whether it's how much insulin you're going to take or whatever, right? Like it has to do with how you live your life. That plan should be personalized yes, to you and your life so that it works for you, so that it's something that you can actually achieve and yes. feel good about and live a healthy life. But that doesn't mean that you need a different insulin necessarily. Like both patients might still need insulin. Yes, and homeopathy says all of it is up for grabs because it's really based on you. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. It's okay. not real. Uh, so Bach made these nosodes. Homeopaths were so excited. And actually, I think these are still used by some homeopathic practitioners today. These box seven nosodes. Uh, hey, more like practitioners. Well, it's not, it does not do anything. To you. More like you heard that. Yes, right? no, I heard you. Okay. It was very it was a good pun. Um none of the other I doctors tell that you liked it <laughs> from your um absolute grim faced staring at me blankly. <laughs> I could tell that you were really rolling with it and loving it. <laughs> I could tell. None of the other doctors that he worked with were excited. Homeopaths were excited. Um and I mean this is really where he thought, okay, I I need to shift gears. I I am I have been practicing in the wrong world. It is time for me to fully embrace my new path in healing. No more practicing. Time for practicing. And <laughs> and we're gonna follow Bach on his career change. But first, we gotta go to the billing department. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business 
or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real, high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. What are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got at two minutes? I'm eating filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes smoothies they got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious and the meals you just eat and eat there's no prepping cooking or cleanup get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week you're going to get exactly what you want no surprises here uh and the meals i can say are delicious so what do you got to lose head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones 50 and use code Sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code Sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash Sawbones50 to get 50% off. Hey, were you a reader as a kid? Like maybe you read a lot of fantasy novels. Or horse girl books. We know how it is. But now you're an adult and you miss reading. You're so busy and you can't figure out how to get back into books. We're Reading Glasses and we're here to help. Yeah, we'll give you advice to figure out what books you love or learn to stop reading books you don't even like. We're really big proponents of dumping that book. Dump that book. But most importantly, we'll help you fall back in love with reading. Reading Glasses, every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Congratulations, you've won a ticket to attend an exclusive opportunity in a relaxing environment with two lovers. Wow. Well, this sounds like a sort of proposition of sorts, but really it's an ad for our podcast. Wonderful. It's a show we do here on Maximum Fun where we talk about things that we like and things that we're into. I'm Rachel McElroy, and you just heard Griffin McElroy, and we are excited for you to join us as we talk about movies and music and books. Things like sneezing or the idea of rain. (laughs) Can you get news or information you can use? Absolutely you cannot, because we're here to talk to you about pumpernickel bread. You can find new episodes on Wednesdays. So catch, catch the wave. Welcome, Quack, to the show. Sydney, you were uh, about to, uh, to, to, to continue with this story of Bach. Okay, so he decided that he wanted to continue to pursue this sort of idea of healing, okay? Mm. This new, like, mind-body, holistic energy kind of thing. Uh, but he had a couple changes. First, he thought, 
mind and mood influencing the body was the root of all disease, which isn't like, that's not pure homeopathy. This is its own sort of idea. Okay. And there were, I mean, like, he's not the only person to think this, but like, it very much was like, if you fix the mindset or the mood, you can fix the body. Right. Okay. This was this was confusing to me. Why do you need these tinctures and, and no sods to do that? Like, why can't you just like think your way out of it? Because it's about energy. Because it's not. It's not. I mean, it is sort of like a. It, it's interesting because it is simultaneously recognizing that you can't just think your way out of mental illness. Mm-hmm. He's not calling it mental illness. I should say this is more like a mood. Right. Now, some of these, as we read into, like, what he's going to develop from this, some of these are – he's describing, like, depression. He's describing anxiety. So they are what we would call today a mental illness. And so him saying you can't just think your way out of it, you may need to do something to your body to address it. Okay. Yes. We just – we have medicines that alter neurotransmitters now, right? Like – so that's not a wild concept. It's just where he arrives is not really what we would do. Um, and he also, and he said it for everything. Like, it's not just we need to do something to influence your brain chemistry so that we can fix your depression. It was also if you have a cold, it's probably a mood thing. Okay. Also, if you have, I mean, again, so it's kind of if you had cancer, it would be a moon thing. If you had, yeah, all of it, all of it has to do with mood. All of it has to do with mindset. Okay. All of it has to do with emotional state. Um, and so no matter what the etiology of disease is, you fix the mind, you can fix the body. And that is the approach that he wanted to take. But the second change he wanted to make is, so if that's the approach, I don't – the bacteria thing doesn't matter. Like we need to get rid of this idea that whatever is causing the disease is part of it because it's really about your mind. Like your body will fix itself if we fix your mind. So – who cares what bacteria caused it? I don't need these nosodes. I can find a benign, safe, natural substance that will reset your mood, reset your emotional state, and thereby allow your body to fix itself and cure all your diseases. Mm-hmm. So away with the bacteria, I'm going to go search for something prettier. <laughs> okay, got it. So after trying to do this work in London for a couple of years, he decided I need to go to the countryside where I can be among nature. And find these natural things. So in 1930, he took his assistant, Nora Weeks, and moved to the English countryside to find the remedies that he believed grew out in nature. Um, And this is where he began to develop his flower remedies. Um, He would spend all the warm months out basically like finding different flowers, collecting them, turning them into these tinctures, which I'll talk about the process of. Um, And then he would spend the cold months basically consulting with people and telling them which of the their floral needs <laughs> should be met. Um, by 1932, he had found what he called the 12 major remedies. They're like 12 core remedies. Um, he added seven more, what he would call helpers, the following year. And then in 1936, he moved to a cottage that was called Mount Vernon in Oxfordshire to uh, round it out with about with 19 more. And wow. that was like the that was it. That was the catalog of flower remedies that he collected between 1930 when he started and 1936 when he finished all his work. How would he go about the process? So you've got a flower. You need to know if it works. What's the best way to find out? Eat it. Well, but like you, it, you're trying to cure a specific emotional state. Find someone with that problem and then have them eat it. 
Well, that's going to – then you're going to have to leave the countryside. You're going to knock on doors. You're going to ask ask people a bunch of questions. Try to get in that mental state yourself. That's what he did. So he would <laughs> – <laughs> He would watch Beaches. And at, after that that uh, climactic scene with Barbara Hershey and Ben Midler, he'd be like, God, I'm so sad now. I think I gave myself <laughs> chlamydia from how sad I am at Beaches. Maybe this tulip will help. I got to eat it. Basically, I mean, he would take on the negative emotional state that he was looking for a cure for, for which he was looking for a cure. So he'd get really whatever, and I'll go through some. There are many different. It's not just sad. Like, there are a bunch of different emotional states. Oh, I know, honey. I know. Well, I mean, he did, I mean, like. <laughs> Although, I mean, contrary to the evidence from the last two years, there are mental states other than sad. <laughs> I know that. I have I to know believe that, that comes, to be true. I know that when it comes to emotional intelligence, you have needed Daniel Tiger's teachings much more yeah, than I. His so. Steady hand. <laughs> um, so anyway, he would then try out his various tinctures and fig and see which one fixed it. His own negative emotional state, and then one by one, um, he just <laughs> continued just, to feel just, the emotion, lead to the illness, try the flowers, and then and he just had to hope that he didn't accidentally think about a great fox truck cartoon he had read. <laughs> completely pull himself out of the funk. Parts of the, the way he would do this, by the way, in case you're curious, is you would take like the flower that you had collected and you would expose, this is the best way. There are two methods. The first method is like the natural, better method, but sometimes this is hard to do depending on where you live and what time of year it is. You collect the flower. You want to expose it to the sun for three hours while it is floating in pure water. So like basically he would have bowls. So you have a bowl filled with pure water and you just put the flower in it and make sure it's sitting outside in the sunlight for three hours. Okay? Okay. Um, if you couldn't do that for some reason, like the sun's not out, whatever, you could boil it in pure water for an mm-hmm. hour and a half. Um, then you would filter out any of the flower. You're done with the flower. You have removed the energy, essence, whatever, from the flower at this gotcha. point. Okay? All you need is the water. So you just collect the water that has now been influenced by the flower. This is called the mother tincture. Ah, okay. okay. Then you take two drops of this mother tincture and you add it to brandy. That was his um, alcohol of choice. Other people had used other alcohols as they replicated these, but brandy was what he believed worked best. So you Mm. take two drops, you add it to brandy. This is the remedy. And when you want to use it, you take two drops of that and you can add that to a treatment bottle along with a couple more teaspoons of brandy and 30 mLs of water. So you can see where this is getting diluted and diluted and diluted. There is still a good bit of brandy in it. Um, And then you take four drops or two sprays, depending on what form it's in, four times a day. Okay. Of whatever your tincture is. Okay. And you could make treatment bottles with multiple things. So, like, the idea was you have sort of your shelf with all your remedies, and you're like, oh, I have two different emotional states that I need fixed today. So I'll grab a bottle of this, put two drops of this. I'll grab a bottle of this, put two drops of this. Add the brandy, add the water, spray, or drop, whatever. One drink. Yeah. Um, As he collected them, he would write and lecture about his remedies. As you can imagine, it wasn't receiving a lot of... um, support from the traditional medical community or any regulating bodies, which, like, anytime he tried to advertise, he would usually get in trouble. Like, no, you can't actually That's say not, that. That's yeah. not actually – we don't we don't have any science that backs this up, and you doing it to yourself doesn't count. Um, the only published work that remains is The Twelve Healers and Other Remedies, which is, like, his main – book that he wrote of his remedies and why they work and what they do and blah, 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 and how to make them. Um, Because he would burn 
his outdated writings and stuff as he moved along. Like, basically, I this research took me in a wrong direction or I don't need it anymore. I'm going to get rid of it. He was just so worried about someone being misinformed by his work. He wanted to make sure it was just all the really good, true, dank nuggets. This is exactly it. He didn't want wrong theories clouding what he finally figured out. Like, this is all you need to know, basically. All that other stuff got me here. But you don't need to know that other stuff because what you need to know is where we are. Like even his traditional medical writings and stuff. Because like before he started practicing homeopathy and the, the flower remedies and all that, he was doing just like the regular medicine of the day. All that stuff's gone. Just burned it. Done with it. <laughs> Moving on. Um, he finished his work in, as I said, in 1936. And sadly, he died that same year. Like he collected it. He published it. And he passed away. I mean – I, I don't know if that's sad or not, right? Well, I mean, it's sad I mean, it's in the sense sad, that he's like, a human. And it's he, like when people die penniless. It's like, well, good job. It's hard. If you read about him, he was clearly well-loved and like sort of a renaissance guy who like, I don't know, art, music, flowers. Like, I'm not glad he died. I'm know. just saying like, like he got to finish his great he work. He was probably a really interesting guy to talk to. It's unfortunate that this became like an alternative medicine that people might seek out instead of actual medicine that could help them get better. Yes. Uh, which is always the case with these things, right? That's the problem. That's the opportunity cost is what, is what we would say. It's the opportunity cost of seeking out real treatment. Like, I mm -hmm. mean. And it, well, and the other thing that's hard too is that we talk about this on the show a lot. People who set out to make money and were willing to do or say whatever – like in the medical world. And you see that today. There, You'll see supplements and stuff being pushed, and you know that person is not, like they do not mean well. They're just trying to make money. Yes. And then there are people like this who are like the true believers. He yeah. really believed this would help people. We, th you th we think. I think. I oh, This is the impression I get. And it's harder for me to, I mean, I'm not saying like, so we should cut them slack and buy their flower remedies. <laughs> Certainly not. Um, but I do think from his writings and his work, he was a true believer. He really thought he was helping people with this. Um, his work lived on at Mount Vernon. Uh, his, his assistant, Nora, continued to make the remedies and stay there and sort of actually um, obtain the licenses for all of them to keep this work alive and still being sold and still, like, passing along Excellent. these ideas. Like she Excellent. could, Because, again, uh, these— True believers, people who really thought that while they didn't have the science to back it up, that this stuff worked. Um, you can still visit there today and buy these flower remedies. You can, I think you can buy them online too. But like they're still being made there. They're still being in that same tradition. As far as I could tell, they're still using the same methods to create this stuff. Um, and like if you visit and you can learn about him and you can learn about all his flower remedies, there's a, uh, you can also, there's a cafe called Nora's Kitchen that you can visit and like Fun. you can have a bagel or a wrap or some Prosecco. I think it's kind of cool that they sell alcohol too. It's a, like the sounds like fun, like a fun crowd. Anyway. Well, I'd love a wrap right now. <laughs> anyway, you can still visit there if you're interested in learning more about this, I guess, called the Box Center. Um, I thought it would be interesting to see some of these remedies. Uh, I just chose several. You can look. They're all listed, you know, if, you, if you're interested. I took a quiz on their website to see which remedies would be best for me. Oh, good. Um, and they were supposed to email me my answer, and they never did. <laughs> so, <laughs> sounds, so like, like, sounds like you need one to, to help you with patience. I, ve I very sad, though, because 
I, as I did this and I gave them my actual real email address, I thought, what are you doing? Don't do this, Sydney. Don't do this, Sid. And I did it. And now I know I'm going to get, uh, like, I don't know what emails I'm going to get, but I never got my flower remedy list. Like, what what should I be taking? Um, so there's one, um, Clematis, which uh, is for, there's a human indication and a pet indication, okay, by the good, way. Good, good, so, because you can also use don't these get for it pets. Um, the human indication is when you have a tendency to live in your own dream world with little interest in the real world, accident prone daydreaming oh, um yeah help me and and they have like on the site you can read what bach wrote about it so he wrote those who are dreamy drowsy not fully awake no great interest in life quiet people not really happy in their present circumstances living more in the future than in the present living in hopes of happier times when their ideals may come true it's all very poetic but anyway you take this um and for an animal it would be if they have no apparent interest in the world around them Animals that sleep all the time have trouble paying attention or seem to live more in a dream than in the present. So all cats. cats. All cats. Like all cats all need cats. this, apparently. <laughs> um, you can use Heather. It will help when you are preoccupied with your own ailments and problems. Overly con- And animals who are overly concerned with companionship and very demanding for attention, constant barking. This so dogs. Is, so this, this is yeah. the one for dogs. This dog is so needy. <laughs> it always wants attention. Live your own life. Um, those who are always seeking companionship, I assumed this would be me. I hate being alone. Uh, you can use white chestnut when your mind is cluttered with thoughts or mental arguments. You may be unable to sleep because of the thoughts. I thought maybe this would help you. I know sleep is sometimes an issue. So you can have some um, white chestnut. Okay. Uh, anyway, and there's also like a rescue remedy that has five different things in it. And it's for be careful with that powerful stuff. Yeah, it's uh it's for emotional emergencies. Oh yeah. Um, okay. It's got Impatience, Star of Bethlehem, Rock Rose, Cherry Plum, and Clematis. Um, they've got remedies, like I said, for pets and kids as well. And it, they're all used the same way. So the idea is like you buy these bottles, their sprays or their droplets, like mm-hmm. either way. Like it's either a little dropper and you would take a couple droplets or it's a spray bottle and you just spritz it in your mouth. I think that all of them, though, you're supposed to add, again, like they will walk you through how to dilute them. And make it what is called a treatment bottle. So you're kind of buying the bottle to keep on your shelf and then create your own treatment out of periodically. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no actual piece of the flower or anything in it by the time it arrives. But I do believe they still make them in brandy. So there is brandy in there. Hey, all right. At least um, we got that going for us. And I guess it, you can also take a quiz online and see what flowers you need. But I never got an email, so... I don't know. <laughs> you may not find out. I, I should say again, um, there is no evidence that these would do. Literally I mean anything, anything other than that they do have brandy in them. Yeah. And so I would be hesitant to give them to my children personally because of the brandy. Um, now, if they have extracts that are mixed in, and I didn't, actually I could have researched that. Maybe they make some without brandy. Uh, who knows? Um, but I generally do not give my children alcohol. Generally. <laughs> um, I recommend you don't either. Yeah. So I there's that. And I mean, as long as we're at it, you shouldn't give your pets alcohol either. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say be cautious of that. There's brandy in them. Otherwise, there is no scientific evidence that flower remedies treat or cure anything. anything. And I would encourage you as always, if you are ill, please go talk to a medical professional. Please do not seek out unproven, unscientific, no matter how nice they might smell or how beautiful they are, the location 
in which they were found or how lovely this story, which is a lovely story. Despite all that, that's still not medicine. Please go seek out a medical provider who can actually help you without with whatever the issue is. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Uh, Sawbonesshow.com is the URL where you can share the show with people. Uh, if you would do that, it would, we'd, I mean, we'd appreciate it. Um, we got a new uh, merch store that we just opened up, McElroyMerch.com. There's uh, a bunch of cool stuff on there, some Sawbones stuff if if you are in the mood to uh, to uh, purchase Sawbones stuff. I, mean, I don't know. I don't have an end of that sentence. I just went for it. 10% of all merch sales this month will go toward the Transgender Law Center, which employs a variety of community-driven strategies to keep transgender and gender nonconforming people alive, thriving, and fighting for liberation. So that is uh, it's a great cause, and you can go to macromerch.com to support that. We got Please a book. Please do. Uh, we got a book. We have a book. We have a book. It's, it's called, called The Sawbones Book. Mm-hmm. The Sawbones Book. Well, yeah, that's what it's called. That's how you can tell the difference from the podcast. There's an <laughs> audio book of it. Don't think about it too hard. Um, and thanks to the taxpayers for use of their song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. Thanks to you for listening. It's going to do it for us. So until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't do a hole in your head. Fund.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.